Hey, it's Keith. Oh, hi. Howdy. I know it's uh, just a sort of sudden out of nowhere call, but I just happened to be walking past the uh, the telephone, and uh, I was like, oh, it's about the right time. I just thought I'd randomly try giving you a ring to see if you're home. Yeah, we're home. So um, I was thinking about, uh, yeah, trying to catch up with you and wishing you a happy birthday to... Not tomorrow, is it? It's uh, pretty soon. It's the 18th, whenever that is. So uh, Wednesday. 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 Yeah. So this is my birthday week. Yeah, I was thinking that too, like a little birthday call type of thing. Yeah, it's weird. I'm uh, like that's one reason why I saw the phone. I'm like, I guess I should I should give a call now because uh, it's crazy how far you can get on uh, the transit here in Vancouver. Like I'm literally two hours away from this phone. <laughs> so it's like a. It doesn't seem like a big journey because that's just what I do every day is, you know, just leave the house, go somewhere. But yeah, it's weird to think of it that way because I'm like, I'm at the border, basically. I'm at the edge of Canada. Oh, really? Yeah, it's this place called White Rock. It's actually kind of nice. It's, uh, you know, it's just a shoreline or whatever. I guess it doesn't probably isn't as weird for you because, you know, Campobello was on the border. But, uh, but just that idea of like you just look across... And it's, you know, it's just more whatever, but technically that's America. <laughs> it's a weird feeling. So how, uh, two hours, uh, so is it like a suburb of uh, Vancouver? Yeah, so it's basically like this phone, I mean, this is at the end of the line, like I'm at uh, Waterfront Station or whatever it's called, where you can get on the ferry and stuff. Like it's, it's basically where everything starts in Vancouver. So you gotta take this line through uh, Burnaby, and New Westminster and Surrey and then there's no more train so then you got to get on a bus and go to this White Rock place so uh, it's like I don't know what it, I mean it's easily St. John by New Brunswick distances it's probably like Hamilton from Toronto distances so like you know where you'd need a special train or something but here in BC it's just part of the transit you can just go there so it's kind of cool so you're not really in Vancouver you're somewhere else yeah, yeah, I mean, I haven't, I guess I haven't really stayed in Vancouver proper. I mean, I guess it's been a while, yeah, because <laughs> it's all connected, so, you know, it just doesn't seem like that big of a deal. But, yeah, technically it's not. It's kind of interesting, too, just because, like, uh, just learning about these different little um, neighborhoods and stuff. Like, this neighborhood is super, super, uh, like, India, like, hardcore India. Like, people wear saris and... Uh, you know turbans and the front knot and all this stuff and it's like easily 75 percent india <laughs> and i'm like wow like it's just funny that between japan and and uh i guess just vancouver in general is pretty multicultural but that this neighborhood is also just so specific like i've totally been the minority for a lot of this year <laughs> it's just kind of a weird thing and everybody always kind of kind of think of, of uh Vancouver, if they're thinking of any other culture, it would be Oriental. Yeah. Yeah, so it is totally like, uh, like with this, it's kind of funny because you can, like, now that I know this, I totally notice it. Like, just that this is the, the neighborhood or the area is like Surrey in general, but especially this kind of deep Surrey is where everybody from India lives. So the train, like, splits off, you know, it's only every second train that goes this way. And you can use it to tell, like, I can tell if I missed the train or not. Because if everybody waiting on the platform has a turban, <laughs> I'm like, okay, my train didn't come yet. <laughs> you know, it's like kind of handy. And I've totally noticed, I don't know, it's like, I mean, it just, I doesn't, I don't know, I never feel weird about being in other neighborhoods and stuff. I'm just like, hey, whatever. 
but also part of it maybe is just that I'm just passing through because I've totally noticed enough times that I can't help but notice it that everybody who is a dickhead, like everybody who gets mad at Tim Hortons or is yelling about something, is a white person in Surrey. Every time. It's happened like three times and it's always some white guy. And I'm like, what is going on with these asshole white people? And my only theory is like maybe, you know, they probably just grew up there and around them throughout the course of their life. It just became a place where, you know, everybody has, and like, it is like really, like they have very thick accents and it is like, it's tough. You kind of gotta, it's a little tough to order your dumb bagel and stuff. But I mean, who cares? I just came from Japan, like I'm used to it. But I, that's my theory. I'm like, is this making all these dumb white people angry? Is this why they're so mad? Because it's, it's undeniable <laughs> that there's something going on with the white people around here, that they're just fucking assholes. <coughs> oh, geez, sorry. I'm just uh, choked on a drink I bought. <laughs> oh, man, I just made a huge mess. Luckily, it just did laundry today, so I'm just going to get a sock out of my laundry and clean this up. See, I'm the good white person. I clean up my messes, I don't yell at people. Yeah, most people say, oh, well, I'm just in a phone booth, so what do I care? <laughs> it's just like, it's this like purple energy drink. It's just like purple that I spit all over the phone. There we go, all nice and cleaned up. I got these socks from like Walmart where you get like a bag of like 40 socks for 20 bucks, so I'll just throw away this sock. So yeah, well, it's only throw it in the garbage can. Then oh, you yeah. wipe up all your crap and then throw your sock on the ground. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, it's funny though. I mean, it's that place, Surrey in particular. I noticed it too when I was there last year, but uh, I mean, it's, it's also, it's a poor breed of white people. It's like everybody from like India say, they, they look so slick, you know, they've got like, they're wearing suits and like something about wearing a suit and a turban looks really cool. Like they're together, you know, like they're clearly the, uh, the fiber of the neighborhood or whatever, where the white people are all just like, they're just white trash. <laughs> There's just no other way to describe it. Like they're all wearing like dumb shirts with stupid logos that don't quite fit them right. And they're just, they're just pieces of junk. <laughs> but it's just funny that I don't even identify with like, like whenever I see these fucking white people yelling at somebody at Tim Hortons, I, I still like, I just don't identify as as a white guy at all. Like, I don't think of that as me, of like, they're making me look bad. I just think like, man, these white people suck. <laughs> it's weird, I just kind of, in my own head, I just take myself out of the equation. I'm just like, I'm just, I'm of no, no group. I'm just floating around the earth. But yeah, I don't know. It's just funny that uh, something's going on around here. But anyway, I probably won't keep you for too long or anything. Just thought I would give you a little call and say hello, because I think this is also, you know, I'm leaving leave in BC next week so I'll be oh, in Toronto and yeah the 25th so whenever whatever day that is I don't even know but uh yeah I heard about your yeah I read your little note about the your flight deal yeah not too shabby because uh sometimes Canada flights I mean they're never amazing deals but it was all right it was funny too like uh it was uh like that flight back to Fredericton it was, I, I just, you know, I, I booked the places and then I booked the flights. And I guess maybe it's because it was getting near Christmas, I guess, because it was like whatever, December 18th, that I realized if I had left like a day earlier on the 17th was like $100 cheaper. It was so much cheaper. And I'm like, oh man, that's a bummer. 
But then I did some quick mental math and I'm like, well, wait a second, like that Airbnb is only 20 some dollars a day. I'll just leave a day early. Like I'll still, you know, even if I don't use the last day of the Airbnb, it's still like 75 bucks cheaper. So, but I should start coordinating that stuff a little better. I never, I, I don't know. I just thought when you leave in the middle of the week, you just always get the cheap flights. But uh, I didn't think about the Christmas thing. Like that has to be why it jumped up so quick just from the 17th to the 18th. Yeah, well, even the differences between, uh, okay, what's the, it's Tuesdays and Thursdays, I think. But if you go on a Monday or Wednesday, it's a lot more. I yeah, think, well, I... Tuesdays and Thursdays. That would fit, actually, because, yeah, it did switch from, uh, I just, yeah, I never really looked into it that that closely. But, yeah, you could be right. I should, I should do a little more research about that because, uh, yeah, I don't care what day I go. I just want it to be cheap. I just assumed it was only the weekend that was expensive. But maybe Wednesday, too? I don't know why. That's a little weird. But. Yeah, it has to do with, because uh, I know I, when I've gone traveling before, I've oftentimes, like, left on a Thursday and be back on a Tuesday. And, uh, yeah, because you can go to that Wednesday. M- Mondays and Fridays, bad, too, because they're tied into the weekend. But Wednesday, there's something about Wednesday. It's, uh, it's more than Tuesdays and Thursdays. <laughs> yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, once I'm in... Uh Toronto, I know there are telephones around, but off the top of my head, I can't think of like a good one. I just remember my, my overriding memory is a lot of traffic and noise. Like, I don't know that there's any phones. There have to be some somewhere, but I can't think of where I could find a phone that's like indoors like this, that's not just horrible traffic. But whatever, I guess. Well, the- I suppose if you travel two hours outside of Toronto, of downtown Toronto, you might find a place. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's like, that's one thing I like a lot about just how BC is set up, is like, you just kind of, you just can't in Toronto. Like, you have to take the GO train, you know, it's a whole separate system, and it's, uh, you know, it's a train, it's expensive, it's uh, it's not just part of their normal transit. Where, yeah, here, it's like, just all the way, <laughs> all the way to America. Like, that's the only reason I couldn't go any further, is because it's a different country. Which is kind of, this is kind of cool. Because, again, I'll just stay wherever's cheap. This place, it's not, you know, it's not the worst, but it's its like a really nice suburban house. So I just have, like, you know, this, this, this family that their kids have all gone to college, so they've just got an upstairs full of bedrooms, so they just rent out the bedrooms. And uh, they don't push it at all, but it is super religious-y. You know, like, in the room, there's, like, and Jesus said upon the blah, blah, blah. And, <laughs> and then once you notice that first one, it's like, oh, yeah, it's all over this house. But... They're not sitting me down trying to make me read the Bible or anything, so whatever. But it, that's what's interesting. Like, this really is just so... Like, it's just like... I mean, I've always traveled around quite a bit, but it really has kicked up a lot in these last few years just from that Airbnb thing of you just like... Like, how could this situation ever happen, you know? Where I'd just be staying in somebody's house in some neighborhood where everybody's Indian and they just have a extra bedroom and they just let me sleep in it? <laughs> you know, like, who the fuck am I? <laughs> like, how would that ever happen? How would you ever set it up? And the only reason it does happen is just because, you know, I've got a bunch of reviews on my little profile and everybody just says, like, hey, thumbs up, this guy was a good guest, you know? <laughs> like, like, I can't think of what the 1970s equivalent of this could ever possibly be. It just could never happen. Yeah. I can't, I can't either. There's even... Hostels would have been the... Maybe a hostel might have been the closest you could get, because some hostels were decent and others were just a piece of crap. 
Did, was that ever really, uh, like, I know right now, hostels aren't that big of a thing in North America, but were they ever? Like, have you ever really bumped Not into Not in, uh, they weren't, they were never big here yeah. in, in North America. They were, they were very much a European thing. And they'd have whole institutions that would be turned into hostels. Like, uh, old nunneries and university campuses and, you know, residences and that kind of stuff. Yeah, and it's almost, uh, I mean, yeah, I know you've got your, your stories about the horrifying, terrible hostels, but uh, it's almost, in, in a way, though, it's a, almost a shame that that's sort of not a thing anymore. Like, everything has raised up to a certain level of niceness, basically, but it also means everything's expensive. Like, that's the other thing I love about this Airbnb thing, is it's so much cheaper than every other alternative, like, even stuff like hostels or the capsule hotels in Japan or any of these little things that are quote-unquote cheap are still like cheap for a hotel price not cheap for a, you could stay there for a whole month type of price and if they you know if people get bad service you apparently have something to fall back on and Airbnb will compensate people and yeah that was one thing like uh, yeah like uh, it's a shame I didn't get it but uh, the first place I tried to book was uh, like a much closer neighborhood in a neighborhood I kind of like better. It's this place called Port Moody or uh, Port Coquitlam, one of the two. But uh, the lady kind of made some kind of clerical error where, you know, it wasn't available. So, yeah, so Airbnb just gave me like a $70 credit. And <laughs> I'm like, all right. And I mean, no skin off my back. Like, that's cool. So, yeah, that's kind of neat. And even stuff like in Japan, like some of the places I stayed were really cool. Like uh, I was saying how that first one was just a... Uh, you know, like, uh, it was more like a hostel. It was, like, just little bunks. But after that, I had, like, whole apartments. And it was just really neat. It's just, like, a whole, like, this is what it, like, uh, like I was in, like, a, an apartment block. So anytime I bumped into people coming and going, like, they're just normal Japanese people living their lives, you know? And it's just so neat to to experience that a little bit of, like, this place I'm staying it is really small and really tiny, but it's authentic. Like, this is a Japanese apartment. And, uh, yeah, that's just cool. Just another cool thing that, that... It was kind of similar to this in a way, where it's like I had to be in the middle of nowhere. Like, both places, when I went to visit Brad in Fukuoka and when I went back to Tokyo, like, these places were off the beaten path. They were quite far away. But, but again, like, yeah, like, I don't know how this would ever happen, like, in a normal tourist way because it, it isn't a normal tourist thing this really is just an apartment building with an apartment that they rent that is just a yeah it was, it was neat yeah well there's been quite a few stories about airbnbs uh lately because uh oh you well, got some scammy type people who do the double rent so that if you came let's say i rent to you but i also rent to me and if you get there first well you get the place and then, then I show up and I don't have a place, so uh, there's been a, quite a bit of that kind of shit going on. Or uh, people who advertise it as a certain, having certain amenities, and then you get there and, you know, th 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 there's hardly any of that kind of shit there as the Airbnb covers that. So there's, there's been a bit of, bit of that going on in Canada lately. Yeah, I think they're definitely... And you know what's unfortunate about it? It will ruin the... Um, eventually, the Airbnb things will probably die out. I don't know. that kind of I stuff think will, will, will ruin 
their stuff, but right now they, they seem to be doing very, very well. I've kind of noticed, I mean, I think it might be going the other way. Is like, I kind of think that they're closing up some of the loopholes with some of that stuff. Like, they're just being more strict about, you know, how things have to work. Because I've even noticed, even just in these couple of years that I've been using Airbnb a lot, just little stuff. Like, uh, it used to be kind of up in the air whether or not you'd like there'd be a towel, you know, because a lot of times I'd be like, oh, this is a little weird. Like, I'm not going to go buy a towel just for this month. So I'll just take one of my like thermal shirts and I'll just designate it as the towel for now or whatever. And uh, even just that, like, it's just kind of disappeared. Like, I think Airbnb is kind of leaning on people of like, you, you know, give people a towel. This is not negotiable anymore. <laughs> like, it's gotten that that granular. So I think like, even stuff like that, I've just noticed a difference. So I mean, the big problems, like I've almost never, the only, like the only times I've had problems with Airbnbs, like that place in uh, Montreal that uh, had the, uh, the mold problem, it was because uh, I was the second person ever to stay there. You know, like the guy just opened up the place. So I think that's a lot of it too, is like you might get a bad situation if you're walking in blind, but if you read through other people's reviews, like even the place that smelled like cat pee, like in the reviews, somebody mentioned the cat pee, it's just they were being a little polite about it. They should have been more clear, <laughs> but it was kind of my own fault. So I don't know. I mean, yeah, it could go either way, but uh, I, I think I'm, uh, I, I feel, a, I'm a little confident in it. It seems like, like, cause I, I mean, I'm, I'm like a power user or whatever. I use it way more than most people. And I just essentially have never had a problem, nothing major. I've heard though, well, the, one of the other problems I've definitely heard is that there is definitely like a lot of apartment buildings and stuff. They do have no Airbnb policy. And I think a lot of that is, because uh, I think it's like long-term people like me, people that stay for a week or two weeks or a month are pretty calm and not a big problem. I think another big problem is people that rent for like a weekend and they get a bunch of people together and they rent a place and they throw a party but it's not anyone's actual property. So no, there's nobody who even, at least if it's somebody's like uncle's house, you'd care a little bit, <laughs> you know? So that gets a problem of like property damage and neighbors angry at the sound and stuff. So I feel like that part of Airbnb could definitely be in trouble of like these short-term party rentals. Yeah, that, yeah, that definitely. That, that, that is an issue, too. I've heard a lot of that stuff lately, too. <laughs> yeah, it's funny. The closest I ever did to that was that first time in Amsterdam where me and uh, Matt and Chris all pitched in. So, uh, I mean, it was expensive. It was like 500 bucks each, so like 1500 total for us to rent this person's house for whatever that was, four days. Uh, so, I mean, that was essentially the, the party pad plan except we literally just sat around and watched Netflix. <laughs> you know? We're just nerds, we didn't do anything. But that is like, that's a kind of a weird side even of Airbnb, like, it's almost a little uncomfortable. Like, like where I am now, it's like, yeah, these people just had a spare room and I just need a place to stay, so, hey, where it works for everybody. But like that house in Amsterdam, basically because we were paying so much money, like we probably covered their mortgage that month just for four days of them clearing out, but they left their house, that's their house. <laughs> you know? And they just left for four days to let us take it. That is weird, I don't, I don't know, I feel weird about that type of Airbnb that's not my favorite. Of course, for the kind of money they made off it, man, that's good money. Yeah, I mean, it worked out in the end for everybody once again, but, but yeah, that's, it's still strange. I much prefer the kind of 
way I do stuff now where it's just like you know especially in North America I mean everyone's house is way too big everybody has way more rooms than they need so yeah why not why not have me sleep in one for a while especially in this case too it's like I mean this place I don't remember how much it was but it was cheap because obviously it's fucking in America almost (laughs) it's really far away but I don't care that's fine with me it's even kind of cool there's this uh I can't remember what it's called. It's called like the Urban Green Zone or something in Surrey, where it's this huge, it's like a Central Park kind of thing. You know, it's like, I don't know how many blocks, but I'm going to guess like eight blocks by four blocks probably. That's all just like a big forest. It's pretty big. But to take the train into Surrey and walk there, I'm never going to do that. But this Airbnb is on the other side of that. So for me to get anywhere, I just get off the bus early and I walk through these woods for an hour and then I get back on the subway and it's like awesome, you know, it like makes my day better. And I just like, that's where being far away, if you, you just got to look at it the right way. Like as long as you find reasons why being far away is good, then it's a bonus. Plus it's super cheap. Yeah, it was really cool though, like with these Japanese apartments just weird stuff that they have that's cool but like that I had to figure out like uh, they have these little panels uh, outside of the washroom where you can choose the water temperature like you just choose how many degrees you want the water to be and then when you turn on the shower like there's no hot water and cold water it's just you just turn on the water and it's just that temperature that you set but I didn't know that you don't have to wait for the water to come up through the pipes and yeah, I'm not quite sure how it works because it's really, it really does work. Like it's really, you, you can tell when you change it by one degree, you can feel it. And, uh, but I didn't know what that was. I thought it was just a, a heater thing. And since it was summer, I knew I wasn't going to need it. So I turned it off. And then for two days, all the water was cold. But I was kind of too embarrassed to ask the person what was going on because their English was really bad <laughs> who ran this, uh, this place. So I was just like, I'm sure the water will turn back on. I don't know what's happening. I just took cold showers for a couple of days. And then I figured out, like, oh, I turned it off. <laughs> what, what an idiot I am. But I never, I've never seen that before. And they have these little tiny square tubs. Like, you can also fill the bathtub. You, you set the temperature, same thing. You hit a button, and it just fills up the bathtub. But it's not a long tub. It's just like a little square. So you just get in, and you pull your knees up, and... And you just sit in the little square bathtub. And it's just like, I just, I felt Japanese. I'm like, look at this, I'm doing it. I'm living in a little Japanese house. And that was kind of neat too. Like, I guess uh, I was going to just blab about Japan, but I don't know. that It's weird. In a weird way, I don't really have a lot of stories. Not the same way I did for, you know, Russia and Amsterdam. It was more just like to soak it in. Because uh, I was thinking about that. Like, with all of those 80s things, you know, like... between the video games and the cartoons and the toys like a lot of my nostalgia for being a kid came from Japan so it's like it's weird like I obviously didn't fit in there I, I I can't speak the language I can't read the language I don't look like anybody else so in that sense I didn't fit in at all but everything from my youth you know Nintendo Sega Voltron fucking everything came from Japan so in that sense I keep walking around and I recognize stuff and I know all the things and I and I'm just like I've seen the buildings before I've seen the 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 shrines like I've seen all this stuff before in like Japanese comic books or whatever so in that sense it was like neat it's like I kind of 
fit in here a little bit. Yeah. Well, it was weird when I thought back to it because it's like, why Japan? Like, everything came from, you know, either the U.S. or Japan, except for weird little fringe things like the Smurfs is from Belgium, and every once in a while we'd get something from France because we were, you know, New Brunswick. But I mean, easily 50% of the shit that I liked as a kid came from Japan. And I just wonder why. <laughs> it's so weird. Not from China, not from South Korea, just Japan. And I don't know why, but, but that's how it is. So this was almost like uh, going to Mecca or something, you know? It's like I just something I had to do. It's like, yeah, I got to go to the place where all that stuff came from. Have you heard from Bradley since you've been back? Uh... Yeah, he's he's not sure. He might stay another year and, like, teach English there, which if he does, I'll probably try to go back for another little visit. But uh, he's not sure, really, because that's one thing, too, is, like, I I had an easy time of it because I wasn't wasn't trying to do anything. You know, I just wanted to go there and just just whatever, just go to convenience stores and walk around through the woods and, you know, (laughs) whatever. Like, I I couldn't talk to anybody and I didn't care. I didn't make a single friend the whole time I was there, but I didn't. Who cares? Whereas, uh, like, he, you know, going to language school and trying to actually learn Japanese and stuff, like, I think he's had a much tougher time and I think he's, like, getting a little burned out of... Like, he's he's questioning if he gives a shit anymore (laughs) about learning Japanese because it's so hard to do. So, yeah, he's kind of at a crossroads, I guess, of just, like, keep sticking it out or bail out or what. Who knows? But. Yeah, because his year, of, he was only going for a year, wasn't he? Yeah, and he can extend the school. Like, if he wanted to keep going to school, he can stay for another year easy. But I think he's really leaning away from that. Because they also, like, it's full immersion type of situation. They just talk Japanese all day, and, and I think he's just getting kind of tired of it uh whereas it'd be i think his medium tough option is to figure out if he can become an english school teacher like he can probably sort that out but it's not just a given uh it's still some hoops to jump through and then the easiest option is just get the fuck out of there (laughs) so so we'll see because it's weird like i mean i was there a pretty long time three months felt like a long time that's nothing compared to him he's been there for way longer and like you know, I kind of, I liked it. It was fun. I kind of miss, you know, going to the uh, convenience stores and buying the wacky Japanese candy and stuff. But uh, but I feel like if I was there as long as him, I'd probably be ready to go. So, who knows? I guess we'll see. And ultimately, still my favorite thing, like, uh, did I send you, I think I sent you that YouTube video I made, right, of the, uh, the mountain path yeah. that I found? Yeah. So like ultimately, it wasn't even Japanese culture that I liked so much. It was it was interesting. It was kind of neat, but that was my favorite part. Was just just hiking through the mountains. <laughs> you know? So it wasn't even anything specifically Japanese. It was just that I just like mountains. That was kind of like one thing I really liked about it. Is it's like I never really thought about this. It's obvious in hindsight, but since it's an island, you know, and it's a pretty small island. I think it's the size of like California. That everything has that island feel kind of like Campobello or whatever, like everything's just kind of weathered and worn down feeling a little bit because they just have typhoons and shit all the time. And uh, and it's just, it's just a nice feeling. Like uh, it's, there's mountains everywhere and like greenery everywhere. And, and uh, I, I think part of it too is just like what little I know of Japanese philosophy is uh, like the distinction between indoors and outdoors is really fuzzy. You know, like they have a lot of outdoor malls and 
a lot of like washrooms with no doors like it's just open to the environment where obviously in Canada we never do that because you would just die <laughs> you know in the winter it's not an option so it's just it's a nice feeling it just the whole place feels like you're just like you know you're you're close to the bugs in the nature <laughs> and I kind of like that but yeah ultimately I don't know like I don't have any I don't have any big story. I don't have any big thing that happened in Japan. I guess the big thing was just that I lost my fucking stupid passport like a moron. <laughs> but that's not that's not Japan's fault. <laughs> that's just me. They never showed up, eh? No, which is the thing too I always hear about because of the low crime rate in Japan. That uh, like when wallets get lost, like the common thing is that people like get their wallets returned and the money's not even missing. Like that's the stereotype about Japan. So the lady at the passport, whatever, the embassy, was actually kind of surprised that it never showed up because 99% of the time, if somebody finds your shit in Japan, they will just return it. They won't keep it. So I presume it probably fell like in a rain gutter or something somewhere and just nobody found it. And this was almost like a little life lesson because this was totally my fault. Like for years, I've never had a problem. I never lose my stuff. I've never lost my wallet. I never lose my keys. I'm just really meticulous about where I keep stuff so I don't have to think about it. I never have to question where it is because I just have a, a system. So uh, the only reason I changed my system this time was because I was staying in a group situation, like this hostel thing. So if I left my book bag in the hostel and my passport was in the book bag, technically, you know, I'm just sharing this space with people. They could dig through my shit and steal my passport. And once I got that thought in my head, I'm like, yeah, you know, I would feel like a real idiot if I just left my passport in my book bag and somebody stole it. So I'll just tuck it away. I'll just put it in the inside pocket of my jacket and have it on my person and it'll be safer. But that's why I lost it. <laughs> If I had just trusted my fellow man a little bit and left it in my stupid book bag, everything would have been fine. But I just wasn't used to it being in my pocket, so it just fell out at some point. And it was days before I realized, you know, because I was like, wait a minute, wasn't my passport supposed to be in this pocket? Because it's not in this pocket anymore. <laughs> and, and it's like it's like karma. It's like the universe being like, oh, you want to be all protective of your stupid passport? Well, now you don't have a passport, jerk. So, so yeah, but the North American mentality is you can't leave anything around because people will steal it and they'll steal anything. Yeah, well, and they, well, that's the thing too is like, yeah, that is kind of true. Like here in, especially here in Vancouver, like you would never leave your laptop in a coffee shop, even just to go to the bathroom because some junkie will fucking steal it. Whereas in Japan, uh, not at all. You can just leave your stuff and it's fine. You could leave your phone, you could leave your your laptop, you can go to the bathroom, you can walk around the block, like no one's gonna touch it, everything's fine. It was uh, only who I was worried about were my fellow hostile people. Cause I'm like, I don't know who these people are, they're from all the different countries of the world. Like if it had just been Japanese people, I wouldn't have felt that way. But again, it's like funny that I immediately just like the karma kicked in right away of like, just because I'm, I'm all trying to protect myself and trying to be safe and I ended up putting myself through this huge pain in the ass that is too boring to get into, but just a lot of paperwork for a stupid passport. It's funny because another time this kind of happened, a similar sort of thing, because like for years I've had this one book bag, right? And it's like, this is how I don't buy a bunch of shit. It's like everything I own has to fit in this book bag and that's it. 
and if it doesn't fit in the book bag, then I got to donate it or get rid of it. But then in Toronto, uh, before Brad moved, he gave me his PlayStation. So obviously I had to have a second book bag for the PlayStation. So for a couple of weeks, I was dragging around two bags and it was a huge pain in the ass and flying with an extra bag is way harder and like was hurting my shoulders to deal with this second huge bag. And then I had to pay for an extra baggage thing at the airport and blah, 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 and all this fucking shit. And then when I finally get it home, it broke in like two days. <laughs> and I feel like that's a similar thing of like, if there were some God looking down on me, he's like, huh? Oh, you think that's so important that you own things? Well, guess what? It's broken. Fuck you. <laughs> I don't know. It's just these little these little lessons that it's like, hey, just stick to the plan. The plan's working. Every time I get a little uh, too big for my britches, everything immediately turns shitty. Oh, yeah, and I guess the bank cards, too. I mean, that was just... Just that that all happened at once <laughs> was, like, ridiculous. That I lost my passport and... Uh, my debit card expired and my prepaid credit card program got shut down. I'm like, holy shit, like it all worked yeah, out all fine. Yeah, all at once, isn't that, that's weird that that would all happen at the same time. Yeah, and I guess we already blabbed him with that, but, uh, and it's funny, like even now when I look back, I was so stressed out at the time, but, uh, but when I think back to Japan, like, yeah, all that just kind of just fades away. I'm like, yeah, who cares though? Because ultimately, I mean, I was there for like three months, there was like, three weeks of the three months were pretty stressful <laughs> two weeks maybe and you know it's like yeah who cares big deal small price to pay for for all the trip and the traveling and yeah it turns Speaking out that i wonder when they're, i must be going to get a new credit card soon that's going to be due to run out yeah i think it's october or whatever is the date I think. yeah it's october yeah. yeah it's a shame i can't just pay off those airbnb bills right now on the old card but it's just the way it's set up but yeah i'll let you know when that goes when that happens, but they're pretty cheap. But yeah, it's kind of nice too, just have everything all laid out. So I got the flight to Toronto and I got the place in Toronto and the flight back to Fredericton and it's all set up and it was all pretty cheap. So that's cool. The place in Toronto, that must be quite far from downtown Toronto, is it? Yeah, that's the one I was saying last time. It's like out by the zoo, but even that, it's not, it's not that bad. It's not nearly as far away as like this one is, for instance, but... But I'm going to miss that about when I get back to Toronto is, uh, I mean, like, yeah, obviously in Japan, my big thing was to make a beeline straight for the mountains. And, and out here, there's these, uh, if not those big park areas, then, you know, there's like the shoreline and stuff where, man, I don't know what I'm going to do in Toronto <laughs> just to just to be in nature, you know, just to not be surrounded by a city. I guess there's no I, there's nothing I can do. There's no <laughs> there's no option. I don't know, it didn't seem like that big a deal when I lived there. I was there for like four or five years and I just got used to it, but I just, uh, well, I guess one thing though, similar to that, I know this is another refrain that I know I've sang before about out here. I do think I'm kind of leaving the West Coast just in time. Because you remember like two years ago when I was out here, I was just complaining about the, uh, the darkness all the time and how there was no sun? Yeah. It's so insane how how much that happens out here like i've only been here like two months and it's been really hot the whole time really sunny hot almost too much but but you know i can't complain but then like last week there was a big rainstorm and i was like oh that's fun big rainstorm you know those are kind of neat but then the next day was a big rainstorm and then the next day it was a big rainstorm and then the next day it's like five straight days there's just no sun 
and I just can't handle it. I just can't. I, I hate it. I hate it so much. So here it's like a weird mix where it's nice that there's all the greenery, but the no sun is the worst. It's just so awful. Where I'm just like, like by day three or four, I'm like sort of trying to piece together my whole life. I'm like, why do I feel so depressed? Like, is what do I do? You know, do I have to reinvent my whole personality in my whole life like something is so wrong what is happening i just feel like shit every day but it's just because there's no sun like today there's sun i feel fine i just can't do it i just cannot survive without the sun see i'm well, getting out of here people there are people that have that that condition it usually hits in november yeah which i always thought they have art they have to get themselves a, an artificial light source yeah, I think that would actually probably help me. Like, yeah, the vitamin D and fucking, yeah, the artificial light. Like, if I was stayed here, I would probably do that. But I'm just glad I'm getting out. Because, yeah, just it's, it's like just like flipping off a light switch. It's just like I just can't feel good <laughs> when it's dark all the time. I just can't. So, uh, so I won't even try. Fuck it. Just get out of here. Well, I guess going to the Arctic wouldn't be your place in the middle of winter then. No, it would be horrible. It would be <laughs> real bad. I wonder, though. No, I mean, I wouldn't try it deliberately. I don't know. Here it's weird because it's not just that it's dark. It's also just the gray and the clouds and the, uh, and the rain. And it's just like, fuck, this sucks. It's like, uh, it's like a cartoon. It's just like, <laughs> it's like, here's the sad part of the story. Here's the fucking... Like in the old Robin Hood cartoon when everybody has been put in jail <laughs> because they didn't pay their taxes and they're all you know, shackled up in a stone jail and it's just raining. Like that's what it feels like. Terrible. But I don't know, I guess you just get... I wonder, I'm not sure about... I was kind of curious about Japan in the winter, but I should ask Brad what that was like because uh, I feel like I wonder... It might be similar, I don't know. Because like the weather does seem similar here as it did there because it's all you know the pacific ocean and being next to the sea and whatnot yeah and you're kind of like in the same um latitude like where van like where vancouver is like you're not like japan wouldn't be very like much further north or south from there i bet it's kind of in the same yeah, latitude the, uh, wouldn't it be yeah the feeling here is definitely like the the japan japan like you can tell that that difference between the Pacific and the Atlantic, like Japan feels way more like Vancouver than it does, yeah, like the East Coast shoreline and stuff. Okay, I found out that uh, apparently you can visit like that 90 day visitor visa thing that I did. You can actually stay for like twice that long. You can stay for 180 days out of the year, but you just have to leave and come back. But you only have to like you literally just have to leave and come back. <laughs> so people get these little like $40 flights to uh, wherever, to fucking, I don't know, Korea, and they just fly there and then they fly straight back <laughs> to Japan, <laughs> which is like a little weird, but, but it's just nice to know if I do want to go back and, and visit, like there's really no, uh, it's not like I used up all my time for the year, I could go back anytime. And it wasn't that expensive, it's just getting there. Getting there is expensive and, and hard. <laughs> But once you're there, it's fine. Well, it wouldn't be that far from from Vancouver, is it? Like it was still further than uh, than I thought it would be. I mean, it was still like, well, I, I didn't fly direct to get a cheaper flight. I went to Taipei, so I went, you know, a couple, two or three hours away, <laughs> and then looped back. But then that was like an 11-hour flight. 
But, oh, that's one thing though, is that the, it's like where I kind of leveled up or whatever, like all of that insanity with the Russia thing of that, not only was it a long flight, but then I had to stop over and most importantly, you know, I had the stomach bug and just everything was the worst. So uh, compared to that, the flight from Taipei to Vancouver felt so easy. Like I used to be kind of apprehensive about the idea of an 11 hour flight purely just because of the length, you know, just because of the stir craziness of it. But man, it was easy. I've never had an easier 11 hour flight in my life because I didn't have diarrhea. <laughs> it's as simple as that. So, so I really just like, it was great. It was like fun. I didn't even mind it at all. Like it was like a four hour, three hour flight, I think to Taipei. And then my layover was like five or six hours. It was a really long time hanging out. And then an 11 hour flight and the whole thing, I didn't even feel remotely annoyed. I was like, this is great. I don't have diarrhea. <laughs> you know, like, that's, really, that's really all it takes. And it was so insane too, because of the dateline. I don't know if I told you this last time, but that the flight didn't leave until 11 p.m. And then we arrived in Vancouver at like 7 p.m. that same day. Like I watched the sun go down and then the sun came back up, you know, <laughs> like whoop, like reverse. It was really weird. And uh, man, my sleep schedule was bad for a couple of weeks because like that is like I, I never like it was pretty easy. The the. Uh, you know, Montreal to Amsterdam, Amsterdam to Japan. It was, you know, a little bad, but I took it in stages, so it wasn't that bad. But it was literally flipping your whole life upside down to go straight from Japan to Vancouver. So uh, I was like three in the morning when I first got back, a couple of days after I got back, I was just sitting on a bench at three in the morning, like watching a movie on my phone or something, and a cop pulled up and he's just like, hey, don't worry, you're not in trouble or anything, just what are you doing? <laughs> like, why are you just sitting here at three in the morning? You look weird. And I was like, oh, I just got in from Japan. And he's like, okay, that's fine. Just wanted to ask, because what the hell? <laughs> but anyway, I guess that's uh, it's really, just wanted to yes, yeah, give you a little quick ring. And I guess that it's probably getting a little late your time. And I got my two hour journey <laughs> back to uh, back to my Jesus house. Like, so where are you right now? You're not at the... You're not in that, the two-hour area, right? You're yeah, so while I'm at Waterfront Center, it's called. So, yeah, now I'm, like, right downtown, the very the very heart of downtown Vancouver. So I got to, yeah, just, you know, and it's just, uh, just a, a long train ride and a long bus ride. It's not hard to do. It just takes a while. And I just got to make sure I get there before, I don't know, it, it stops pretty early. I think by, like, 9 p.m., I don't know what I would do. I guess I just had to get a cab or something. So what is it now? They're about 5 o'clock, 6 o'clock? Yeah, about 6 o'clock, so. I got plenty of time, no biggie, but... Yeah, because that's, uh, well, that's the other thing I found kind of with Airbnb in general is, uh, is, yeah, like, I mean, I obviously, I pretty much go to the bottom of the barrel just because I want it to be cheap, but I almost never get bad places. Like, I found that the prices really are just kind of predicated on convenience, really. So if I want things to be cheap, I gotta be far away. But again, that's like kind of a bonus too, like this White Rock place. I don't know when else I would have ever gone there, but uh, just this border beach, it's just like tourist central, you know, there's all these gelato shops and fucking there's a big wharf and there's always like bands playing and stuff because it's just the beach at the edge of the country that, you know, before you go to America. And it's just neat, it's a neat place. Like 
why not go there instead of downtown? Like, I don't need to be downtown. I've been downtown plenty. I used to work downtown selling cheesecake to assholes. <laughs> you know? So it's kind of nice to just go to the other end of the, the area instead and hang out there. Yeah, well, yeah, that's true. It's exposing you to places that you normally would never go to. Yeah. Yeah, and it's like, uh, I don't know. I don't know that I've learned anything about uh, Indian culture or anything. <laughs> from living in this Indian house for the month and being around all these people from India, but it's, uh, I haven't not learned it. I don't know, I've probably absorbed some things. I've absorbed that they're better people than white people. <laughs> they're you know, way nicer and cooler. <laughs> so, I wonder too, like, I mean, I'm probably just really uh, applying too much. I mean, I have no evidence to any of this, but I wonder if it is partially, like, just that the world you know, the world's obviously changing. Like, it used to just be, hey, white guys run everything. And now that, I don't know, it's like, it's like, it's obviously shifting and switching. So maybe it is just like, like a panic or something of like, white people are feeling themselves becoming the underclass and they're, now they're angry and they're mad. <laughs> yeah, feeling threatened. <laughs> well, Dave Chappelle, he's this black comedian. He had a bit about that where he was saying how, you know, there's like the crack cocaine epidemic of the 80s. And he's like, man, it really feels like that's happening now to white people with like fucking heroin and methamphetamines and stuff. And he's like, and you know what? I don't blame you guys for not caring about us in the 80s because now it's happening to you and I don't care either. <laughs> like, yeah, I can sort of, I can see that. But yeah, I don't know. It definitely. <laughs> yeah, it's oh, so that's one thing that's kind of neat too, though. So just because especially toronto and vancouver but canada kind of in general you know so multicultural like like you could never you could never point at a guy and say like oh that guy doesn't belong in canada you know like there's there's nobody who doesn't belong in canada it's totally a mosaic everything fits where that's not at all the case in japan you know it's super homogenous you can absolutely tell who doesn't belong in japan but in a way that can be kind of cool like there's a there's this neighborhood called Akihabara where it's all of the it's where all the video game stores are and the anime shops and stuff so it's where every white person goes you know like you got to go hang out there and check out the video game stores and i was on the train going to Akihabara a really crowded train everybody was japanese except me and there was like this white girl who was like sitting across the aisle and just for like a second you know we just like caught each other's eye and it was so neat, kind of, because in that one little moment, we never spoke or anything, but you could see that look in, like, in each other's face where we were like, we made it, <laughs> you know, like, we're here. Can you believe we're here? All that, you know, weird Japanese stuff we've been watching our whole lives, like, we're here. <laughs> and I was thinking, like, when else could you ever have that? You could never have that experience in North America because it would never be so clear that you're here, you know, that you traveled to come here because, you know, you just would fit in. Where in Japan, it's like, nah, we made it. Isn't this cool? We yeah, made it. Yeah, <laughs> or the feeling you'd get here is that, oh, we're different. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, that's one thing, though, yeah, that... We don't fit. <laughs> that's one thing, too, I kind of wonder. Like, I wonder what it was like for, like, you know, how Brad was way more integrated into going to a school every day and just being more involved in Japanese culture. Like, I'm sure he's got way more that he's learned about it, where, like, I haven't learned anything. I have no idea what Japanese people are really like or what they really think. I just have the surface level. 
But man, the surface level is so polite and so nice. <laughs> you know? And I've like read anecdotes about like, ah, uh, you know, you probably are doing stuff that annoys them and, and things. And I'm like, yeah, well, probably. I'm trying not to, but, but also if they never bring it up, uh, I guess I'm good. <laughs> you know, like my overriding feeling is just like, man, everybody's nice. Like I even just remember the, when I first arrived, so I'd gone through all the Russia stuff and I was feeling extra annoyed by my fellow man. And, uh, and then I got lost because my Airbnb directions, the first place I had to go to, the guy wrote left where he should have written right and I was lost for about 40 minutes. I couldn't find the place. And there's not a lot of sidewalks in Japan because they just have really small streets and really small cars and you know everybody just kind of shares the road. Uh, but just like, so I was just walking around, I was a little, I was like amazed that I was in Japan, but also kind of grumpy because I still was sick and I just got through all that flying and, and I was lost. But uh, it was just like the tiniest little thing, but like an old guy was driving toward me on a bicycle. I might've told you this already, but, uh, but I stepped out of the way, you know, of the bike so he could go by and he gave me a little like, thank you nod. And I, then that happened like a million times. Everybody is always like giving you the little thank you nod in Japan. And it's just like, man, like nobody in Russia would do that. Nobody in Amsterdam would do that. Some people in Canada maybe would, <laughs> but, but it was just like, it's just nice. It's just a nice feeling that like, again, like I don't know why everybody's so polite. Like maybe there's this insidious, creepy underbelly where everybody is like, browbeat into being nice or something but to me it was very pleasant <laughs> i liked it a lot although my friend ryan she did point out she's like yeah but also you're a tall thin white guy like you're not public enemy number one there they like you <laughs> you know <laughs> i'm like yeah well that could be true but i feel like they're just polite they're just nice they seem like they're just nice people yeah but they also were able to do the good some pretty heavy-duty torture and all of their enemies in World War II. Oh, yeah, they were terrible. And apparently if you're, uh, like, yeah, from uh, even from one of the other Asian races, but especially if you're, like, a dude from Africa who lives in Japan, like, oh, yeah, you're discriminated like crazy. <laughs> so, so that's true. Like, the fact that I'm just a white tourist, I'm, I'm top of the food chain, but still. It was still much nicer than... Uh, I, I'm trying to remember if anyone smiled once when I was in that Russian airport. I don't think they did. <laughs> like, <laughs> so, yeah. Just even on that, on that uh, superficial level. It was just like, yeah, this feels better. Yeah, I would definitely go back. Again, it's, it's really just that flight that's a, a kick in the dick. But everything else was like not even more expensive, you know? It's like these two months that I've been here in Vancouver. If I had been in Japan, it'd be the same price. It'd be fine. It's just like not too bad. But it probably also helps that I kind of got myself kind of used to, you know, I kind of went in stages. Like I went to Montreal, even though I don't know anybody in Montreal anymore, and I got used to that. And I went to Amsterdam and got used to that. So it didn't bother me to hang out in Japan all summer and not be able to talk to anybody. I'm like, that's fine, I'm used to this. But I could see how some people would not enjoy that. That would be, you know, because the language barrier is, uh, it's, it's real bad. And then you can arrive back here right in the middle of winter and enjoy winter in New Brunswick. Yep, I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, yeah, so uh, like I said, I probably, this will probably be the last call I'll make from Vancouver, but once I get to Toronto, I'll figure something out. Who knows, maybe, uh, 
maybe I'll just happen to be right by a convenient phone. You never know. But I mean, I'll, I'll email you and stuff and just let you know that I'm there and everything is all good. Well, enjoy your big 40th birthday. My God, I can't believe you're going to be 40 years old. Holy Moses, that sounds old. Yeah, my plan is to do nothing. Yeah, I definitely, I do remember pretty distinctly my uh, 30th birthday because I remember it was right between... I was back from New York, but I had not gone to Toronto yet. And I remember you gave me a check for like three grand. You're like, hey, here you go. You know, invest it wisely or whatever. <laughs> and I was like, oh, yeah, geez, here I am 10 years later. Still uh, haven't quite made a success of myself, but you know, just, just keep yeah, grinding. Yeah, and we, we did that little road trip. Yeah. When you were 30. Went over to Cushpaquack and those places all around southern New Brunswick. Yeah, which, I mean, I'd always be up for that again. I just need to be there in the summer, I guess. Because <laughs> obviously we can't do that in the winter. I mean, we could, but why would you? Yeah, it's not a... Well, who knows? Who knows? When you get back, we'll see what it's like in December over the Christmas holidays. If the weather was good, you could always do something weird like that. Yeah, and then there's always those occasional little times things uh, thaw out a little bit <laughs> at some mysterious point. But yeah, who knows? But I guess we'll f figure that out when it happens. So how is, how is your money situation anyway? Just oh yeah, I got mountains of money. Because, you know, I really just spent money on, uh, you know, the Airbnbs and the flights were the expensive stuff. So since I had to move that over to your credit card, so I haven't been spending money on anything except food. So I've got lots of money. Oh, okay, okay. Because yeah, yeah I'm, uh, my life is extremely cheap except for places to stay is really that's it although I, I was kind of treating myself a little bit just because i'm like oh yeah the birthday thing and i'm really doing nothing for my birthday this airbnb i met like it's by one of those really fancy uh you know really high-end grocery stores where everything's all organic and blah 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 so for a while i was kind of doing that where it's like well i'll just stop by there in the morning and get a little breakfast or something you know just try to eat slightly healthier but man it's expensive like even just like a bag of grapes and like some mixed nuts and it'll be like 13 dollars i'm like jesus fucking christ <laughs> like, come on like i don't know i guess organic shit's good for you but that's a little much so yeah I'd, uh, that that's so I've, so i guess i've been spending a little more on food but but i think i'm gonna stop going there that place is ridiculous yeah but you gotta you know you gotta eat yeah. yeah, that's really my only, that's like the, the only part of this little traveling shit I got going on that I do wish I could shore up a little bit is uh, it would be easier to eat healthier if, uh, you know, it's because I just got to buy stuff and eat it right there. You know, I don't generally have access to a, every once in a while one of these places has like a little mini fridge or something, but it's not, not uh consistent because it'd be easier to, if I could just buy a week's worth of like vegetables and shit that would be nice but but I haven't really figured out a way around that because yeah these are those are the kind of things that if you buy them in small bits they're just really expensive but even that like I don't know I've, I've like there's a, there is a lot of ways kind of around stuff more so like once you start looking for it like even like McDonald's like instead of the fries you can get like a side salad and it's pretty good <laughs> it's like not bad so i mean it, you know every little bit every little thing that's not just grease and salt is it's helpful but yeah i guess i'm just uh, just rambling at this point so yeah i guess i'll let you go 
Oh, uh, one more. I keep thinking of stupid things, though. One, one last, last thing. So, uh, the, the only book we ever talk about on this podcast, but that, uh, the, the Glass Castle, Jeanette Walls, that book? Yeah. I, yeah. I found her other book at a thrift store where I've only just started reading it, but it's basically she interviewed her grandmother a bunch and all these people that knew her grandmother and got all these stories about her grandmother growing up on, uh, you know, like a ranch way back in the day. But then she wrote it like a novel. So it's written like a novel, but it's the actual story of her grandma. <laughs> it seems pretty cool. So I don't know. I'll I'll let you know though if it's any good. But is it uh, is, is it an easy read? Like that other book was very easy to read. Yeah, it seems pretty much pretty much along those lines. But I, I've only just got it. I'm not too far in yet. But it's just uh, when I saw her name, I'm like, oh shit, look at that. And it's always nice too those little those little things that you just like. I could have gone to. Uh, you know, a, a, an actual bookstore at any time and just bought it. But it's just neat to find it at a thrift store for two bucks. <laughs> you know, it makes it feel a little more like oh, a little thing that I found. Yeah, bargain. Yeah. It's always great to get a bargain. And yeah, it really does take the pressure off too, because if I bought it for 20 bucks, then I would feel like, uh, you know, like, like I should pay attention to it or I should enjoy it or whatever when in this case like hey whatever if it sucks it sucks if it's great it's great but it was two two dollars who cares but yeah if it's any good I'll hang on to it and I'll drag it along well I wouldn't want it to weigh down your bag so you'd have to dump something else <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah even uh, I, I didn't really buy a lot of uh you know souvenirs or anything I really didn't buy any deliberately but there's these machines in Japan where it's like they're like toy machines, but uh, but they're random. You know, you put in the money and you don't know what you're gonna get. So uh, the only thing that I bought was I found this one with like it's from this Japanese wrestling company, and you get these little wrestler toys. And I bought like three of them. I was trying to get this one guy, and I never got him. And uh, and then I realized like I got to stop buying these because what am I gonna do with these? Like <laughs> you know, I'm gonna take them to Toronto, and give them to one of my friends. But even that, I'm like. Why did I buy these? Like, I've been <laughs> dragging them around the world now. <laughs> Just these stupid toys. But, I mean, it'll be a cool little gift. But, but yeah, my bag really is full. Like, that's a... Uh, I, I mean, I know I was, I was talking about this when I was in New Brunswick before I left. But the, the other thing I haven't sorted out yet is how to deal with two pairs of pants. Like, it's really not optional. i got to have two pairs of pants just so I have something to change into on laundry day. But I really don't have room for two pairs of pants. So on travel days, I just wear both pairs of pants. <laughs> and, like, that was probably the worst part of that 11-hour flight is the whole time I'm wearing two pairs of pants. And it's just, like, it's just too many, too much pants. <laughs> and especially if you've got the diarrhea, you're kind of feeling uncomfortable enough anyway. Yeah, oh, and one wearing of extra weight around your bottom. One of them that I'm, I'm about ready to get rid of because it's a... Uh, they're finally starting to go a little bit, but uh, one of the pairs of jeans I bought in Amsterdam, and they were like those button fly jeans, so it's annoying anyway to have to undo five buttons, but when you gotta unzip one pair of pants, then reach in and undo the five buttons on the bottom pair of pants, it's like it's like, it's like a chastity belt or something, it's like, what is this shit? I just gotta get my pants off. Like. But those pants, like, they're starting to go in the crotch and stuff, I really should get rid of them. But I'm really trying to hold on to them because those were the pants that cost 100 euros. Like, I've never bought 
it's the most expensive clothing I've ever bought in my life. It's just like, because that comes out to like $150 for this one pair of jeans. And the only reason I bought them was because at the time I only had one pair of pants and I sat in a puddle of pee. <laughs> and I'm like, well, I got to go straight to the store and buy another pair of pants right away. And uh, then they ended up costing a lot of money. But I've had them for like two and a half years. I guess I got my money's worth out of them. Yeah, but if you'd only spend uh, five or six bucks on them, then you'd say, ah, yeah, piece of crap, and get rid of them at any old time. You wouldn't feel any obligation toward them. Yeah, it's truly a bizarre amount of money for me to spend on something. Because, like, even, uh, so I just bought a new pair of shoes today because I was wearing those, like, slip-on shoes that I got in Fredericton that were only, like, $12, and they were really good quality, and I've had them this whole time. But they were finally starting to fall apart. So I just went to another thrift store and I got a very similar pair of shoes for these ones were like $17, I think. And it's like, yeah, no problem. All good. And somehow the guy who buys used shoes for 20 bucks somehow ended up with a $150 pair of pants. But yeah, those were very extenuating circumstances of sitting in pee. <laughs> and that, that was too, like that was my... That was my one pair of pants test run. I'm like, let's see if I can do it. Let's see if I can only have one pair of pants. But as soon as uh, anything calamitous happens to that pair of pants, you're totally fucked. <laughs> so, so yeah, not, not an option. You gotta have two pairs of pants. But okay, for real now, I'll let you go. <laughs> All right, cause I'm gonna run downstairs and get myself something to eat, huh? Yeah, that's, a, that's the benefit of having a house, I guess, and a fridge and groceries. Yeah. <laughs> downstairs and open the fridge and take out some piece of crap that you don't need anyway all right so yeah, i'll drop you a line next week and week and a half whenever i'm in toronto i'll let you know that i got to toronto okay all right <laughs> bye, okay bye. take care you yeah. too have bye a good bye. night